Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob here, and I'm just getting you ready for what you're about to listen to here tonight, that we have a special presentation, which is a reunion with one half of the Toughest Nails cast. We are reuniting with the Savage Crew. We're going to get back in the damn van and catch up with everybody from Savage Crew here tonight in a very special Toughest Nails reunion podcast. I just want to give you a little bit of the heads up that not everybody has the best internet connection in the world so uh, we try to make do with what we have but there is a lot of fun to be had here in this one as we catch up with the savage crew might be a little bit easier to uh, follow in a couple of parts if you check this out in the youtube version which is up at our youtube channel at robhasawebsite.com slash youtube but let me also thank a sponsor for this episode of the podcast those are our friends over at rock auto Com. Now, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody. And they're reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices rather than changing their prices based on what the market will bear like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login. RockAuto.com, that's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. I bet you could find an alternator or two as well, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver. Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. And best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right rob is a podcast in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Sisternino here, and boy, we have a special presentation for you here today because we have uh, gotten back together with one half of the cast of Tough as Nails. The Savage Crew is reunited for a very special edition of Rob Has a Podcast. Very excited to bring in all these people you know and love from the Savage Crew. Also with us today, part of my Savage Crew, uh, Mike Bloom and Jessica Lisa are here. Uh, Mike and Jess, are you uh, pumped to talk some Savage Crew today? I've jumped into the damn virtual van and I'm ready to yeah. unpack everything that yeah. just happened. I'm, I'm repping orange. Some might say, why are we talking tough as nails in October? But I feel like the color orange That's, makes so much sense. Oh, Mike, I didn't even realize that you dressed for this event. <laughs> I dress for every event, Rob. I'm professional. I have to come in my work uniform. I compete in every challenge in a work uniform, much like these guys do. Luckily, it's not a firefighter's outfit or a plaid shirt, mm-hmm. uh, which is your uniform. But I, I wanted to dress out for the Savage Crew. Yes. Okay. Well, let's uh, welcome in our panel here tonight. Uh, let's start with the winner of uh, Tough as Nails. Uh, everybody, Murph is here. Murph, how are you? Big Murph. You Big Murph. Big Murph. It's great to see the team again. Haven't seen their faces in 
well, since February, but we, we talk almost every week, um, sometimes multiple times a week. Uh, we just got a little group message, so we get each other shout-outs, words of encouragement. Um, definitely seeing their faces. Okay. Well, uh, very excited to hear some stories from your time together as part of the Savage Crew. Uh, let's uh, welcome in tonight to talk about everything that's going on on his end. Uh, Lewis is here. Lewis, how are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm all right. I'm all right. Can't complain. And I've been seeing my family again, you know. I haven't seen these pages in such a long time, so yeah, I'm excited to be here and, you know, share some stories. Okay. All right. Uh, also here with us tonight, Young is here. Young, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, hanging out, man. It's good to see everybody right now, man. Uh, everyone's smiling, so I'm happy right now. Okay. Also uh, with us, Linnet is here. Linnet, what's going on? Hey, you guys. I'm so happy to see my family. I'm so happy to see their faces. We talk all the time. It's good to see them. Okay. And also here with us uh, is Tara as well. Tara, what's going on? Nothing's good. I mean, everything's going great. So it's awesome to see everyone once again, see their faces. And, oh, I miss them so much. Okay. All right. Uh, we're also we're working on tracking down Michelle. She's uh, scheduled to be with us uh, here. Has tonight. anyone checked the airport? <laughs> <laughs> if we're able to tr- uh, track her down, uh, we'll also try to get uh, Michelle in there as well to uh, reunite the entire Savage crew and talk about uh, what's what's been uh, going on. Uh, but I guess uh, first, Murph, uh, can, you, can you tell us uh, what what's been the reception? Uh, as the winner of the show, uh, it's it's been really good. Um, I've had a lot of chance to talk a lot about veteran issues. Um, I've done Zoom calls with um, anywhere from fourth grade students to major corporations. I've been invited as guest speakers to just uh, speak to different places about teamwork. A lot of teamwork really is people like, hey, we saw that your team had some struggles at first, so they, they're really interested in how we, we talk through our issues and how we got so tight as, at the end. So it's been really huge. I've probably done at least 30 Zoom calls so far from, like I said, different organizations, elementary school kids. Um, I just Zoomed the other day with the Water Polo Club out of Utah, just talking about teamwork. Um, so it's been great. I got to meet the governor of Missouri. Um, got to go to the House and the Senate, um, meet, um, introduced on the House floor. So it's been a great rip. It's been a great advertisement for the show, but um, it really gets to talk about the team a lot. Um, a lot because that's what people want to know is like how did you guys overcome so much to become so close at the end so every zoom call I get to relive that experience makes me miss these guys even more Lenny you said that uh, you're back here uh, with your family that uh, were you expecting that to have uh, this experience come out of the show where you have uh, this really tight knit group Oh, absolutely not. We all came out there as strangers and, uh, you know, we didn't know each other's personality and basically we were, I'm asking basically strangers to trust in me to be able to um, be a part of a team and not uh, to lean on me as though I'm as though they were doing it themselves. It, they rallied around each other and we rallied around each other. Excuse me. Like, 
easily. It, it was so easy. And regardless, we, we were able to talk about the difficult things with ease, without judgment. And they made it even better to be able to come together with strangers and end up having such a care and a bond to the point that they went past friends to a family extremely quickly was uh, a blessing. It was, it was priceless. It's irre- irreplaceable. How often uh, as a group uh, do you catch up like this? Is it mostly one-on-one or you do any sort of like a group chat like this? Um, we mostly do group chat uh, basically every day. Every day? Pretty much. Wow. You know? And it was yeah. pretty much every day right after that. Like, we, we really do talk to each other. And I'm pretty sure we do talk to each other on individual stuff because sometimes, you know, we need to uh, talk privately amongst each other. We come together on our group chat. We talk family and we just we love each other definitely. What was the experience like for some of you watching it back? Speaking of that group chat, because I can imagine like you obviously all went through a lot together, but I can imagine like a lot of that group chat throughout the season was just reacting to the episode, whether it's like reliving memories or seeing things from a different angle. Oh my gosh, we're like, we're sorry, we didn't know it was that yeah. way, we're like, we're like, oh my god, <laughs> <Feel> about it. <laughs> but I must say, I'm a big cartwheel, like. My kids, you know, didn't know who was going to win. And we won. Uh, my son said he should have videotaped. I ran to my house. I ran to the side. I didn't, he didn't know why I was going crazy. God went crazy. It was awesome to watch the show. And then you knew that you we cared about each other. But then when you hear, you know, like Young talk about, maybe mm-hmm. talk about Tara and all that stuff, you know, we didn't get to see until the show aired. And then like, that's how you really know you care about each other because of all the off camera stuff that we didn't yeah. get to see, you get to see it. You're like, man, it, our bond was definitely tighter than what I even thought it was when we left. Was there a moment when you all realized as a team that you, you had bonded or was it something that kind of snuck up on you? Uh, to me, my favorite episode and the one I watched the most was the moving challenge. Because uh, watching the door shut and hearing and listening to all of us scream and shout and the emotion, to me, that's when I f- really felt that we had completely bonded 100% as soon as that door shut and we celebrated that, that comeback victory. Um, and still, that's still my favorite episode. So when I do these Zoom calls and people want to know about teamwork, I'm like, watch the moving challenge before we Zoom, because then you'll understand what I'm talking about. I have to agree with that. Do you feel like that it was necessary for uh, you guys to fall into such a big hole to ultimately end up uh, coming out and come out tighter on the other side? Personally, I think so. (laughs) But, I mean, for us to be able to get vulnerable with each other and yet have so much respect for one another and let them know, like, hey, during these situations, this is how I felt or how, you know, communication was or anything like that. It made me feel like definitely like now we're getting a lot closer to be able to be vulnerable with people that I haven't been able to be vulnerable with before. Um, but yeah. I thought, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Do a lot of you have relationships with the dirty hands people also? Yeah. I yeah. Not necessarily, no. I'll do it. All right, Lewis. 
is a sweetheart and Melissa and I um, are pretty cool so I, I do conversate with Melissa yeah and Murph you do as well yeah Danny and I message each other occasionally and then um, and then um, the only person I really don't talk to much um, is the big man from St. Louis just because he's never on his phone or on any kind of social media so, so Lee's about the only guy that I haven't talked to since the show aired. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, for talking about cross-team communication, I just cannot imagine being in the same, I don't know, mile radius as Roofer Lee, let alone like actually competing alongside him and standing in the peanut gallery with him as, as he talks about probably all the different stories that he has. Yeah, he's definitely a good man. I, I enjoyed getting to know him and just his humor and um, I'm actually supposed to drive up to St. Louis hopefully in the next couple months just to see him because we only live like three hours apart from each other. Uh, first, can I ask you about the relationship that you had with Danny on the show? Because it did the show really painted out that you two had this rivalry uh, back and forth, where that you sort of like uh, realized that he was like a person that was going to really be giving you a, a run for the money, uh, literally in this show. Did did you feel that way about Danny throughout the course of the the show? That he was probably the person that it was going to end up coming down to y- you and him. I think Danny's from day one, Danny is like an ultimate competitor. I think anything Danny does, he, he competes, whether or not that's racing the kids to the refrigerator or um, racing us in the wheelbarrow. I mean, he set the tone on the very first challenge. So I think all of us knew that he's going to be somebody that's going to be tough to beat. Um, and then he never sits still. I mean, the guy's always moving around, always full of energy. So he's, he's definitely a, I think whatever Danny does in life, he tries to do it faster than anybody else. <laughs> well, you spoke about putting that team together. I would actually love to ask Lewis, because I mean, the reason why the five of you are here right now in this configuration is because of Lewis. What, what was it about like this particular group of people that, that made you want to pick you know, this particular set and put them together in this team? Honestly, it was just like, Based on intuition and just you know interaction that we had, the little interaction that we had because we couldn't even speak to each other, talk to each other during or you know before the show. So it was just basically an eye intuition and just you know seeing where everybody you know but the table and their character and what they stood for, their background, upbringing. So a lot, I feel like a lot of guys or some of the guys that you know and the girls that, that I told for the team, we kind of you know have a lot in common, you know, a lot of adversity, a lot of, you know, challenge relationships that we went through. So, yeah, I think that was, you know, for the most part, that was it. It was meant to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
a number of yes. times that people from the Savage Crew had to go up against each other in uh, the head-to-head competitions at the a- end of the shows, and then did having to compete against one another and then also function as a team was that something that was hard to wrestle with? Nope, it was probably the best thing ever. We'd yeah. rather lose to each yeah. other than uh, another mm-hmm. the other other side. It was, it, was, it was good for us. Hmm. I mean, that's how I felt too is when I had to go up against Young, like very emotional up to that point. And then like just looking over at him and seeing his smile and he just giggled. I'm like, okay, this is it. I wouldn't want to go out to anyone else, but I'm going to try my hardest. But I don't know, just knowing like, okay, I wouldn't have wanted to lose to anyone else, you know? Like, right. I don't know. Like, if I'm going to get beat, let it be by somebody. Else. You know, I feel like let's just be real. You know, we had the camaraderie, so it's like we, we feel like it's okay. We deserve. We want our yeah. teammate to be in it. You know, we want to rather go between us instead of on the outside losing to someone else. Absolutely. To just exactly better. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, because because I, I think you can imagine on one hand, it's like, well, this is going to be an awkward van ride. But I think Tara brought up an interesting <laughs> point of like, I don't know, maybe it like reduces the pressure a bit that like the person I'm competing against is my friend and my teammate. And so, yeah, if I do lose, that sucks. But at the same time, like this is, this is a bit of like a friendly match we're having where we're putting up electrical wiring or we're pushing a push cart on a railroad track, you know, those things you do in your weekly time. We weren't really friends then. And for me, that's going against young made all the difference. I was highly upset (laughs) when it happened, but I feel like it was somebody else on the uh, opposite team. They wouldn't have come and rallied behind me, and it, I feel like it wouldn't have mattered as much. The idea the young was the one who beat me, and then he was the first one down there. You know, for me, it just it showed camaraderie, even when he didn't have to. He, this is the beginning of it. He doesn't know me as well, but he already showing me, you know, his loyalty. So of course, I'm like it pumps me up. It got me hot. I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the exact same energy they're giving me. And when I saw them come for me, I was like, oh my. Look, I got y'all back to the end. Let me give you what you're giving me. Let me show you as much love as y'all show. You don't know me, but let me hype y'all up on what you're going to do for me. Young, you were the king of overtime this season. Did it get easier as you as you did more? Did you find that there was less pressure the more times that you were in the overtime? Yeah, I mean, I liked the overtime. It was fun. Um... I mean, it was to me. It was, it was just more fun to just kind of do everything that the uh, show involved. So uh, I just loved overtime. It was fun. But uh, going back to what you were saying, going against each other, uh, only people I was ever worried about in the competition was my team. So I honestly, I wasn't worried about any of the other six. Not talking trash or anything, but I honestly thought the, the people I would have to worry about winning the individual challenge was everybody on my team so i mean because you know just listening to them hearing their drive and everything i'm just going man they they got that how me and my friends say they got that dog in them you know what i mean so they're not going to quit so they were i was more worried about people on my team and um like linux was saying i mean we were we all had our backs no matter what uh there was one episode where uh linux said we better not you know, we better not have two Savage Crew people go in overtime and, you know, Murph and I went in overtime. So <laughs> just about it, but, you know, whatever. 
I've been so intrigued to know, does anyone have any fun or interesting stories as to why they applied for this show? Because, I mean, I, this show, you know, we've talked with Phil a number of times. He's all about, like, getting normal people from these careers that might not necessarily apply to usual reality shows. We heard the Lee story before that Phil told us, but... Uh, Once or twice we heard it. Exactly. Do we, do we have any sort of interesting stories as to what got you to want to stand on stage with Phil Kogan and do burpees until you pass out? Um, for myself, I never went to an open call. Um, I did mine all online. They did. I had a friend who is an iron worker as well, and she applied. And she's like, "Hey, you need to apply too. A bunch of us are going to Vegas. Let's all go." Um, and I, I didn't go because my kids had a bunch of sporting events that weekend that I was not about to miss, just for a chance to be on a TV show. Um, and come to find out. I was one who was chosen for the finals and had to compete from there too. So it was, for me, it was interesting because it wasn't like, Hey, I want to apply for a reality TV show. I just was like, Hey, let me apply and see what happens. But at the end of the day, I'm here with my kids. And yeah, so it was, it was interesting for me at least, but I wish I would have gone to an open call seeing like all the footage from that. Now I'm like, dang, that was like so much fun, but yeah. Right. (laughs) I didn't go to one, so. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to one either. I Mine started last January, and out of the blue, some guy from the Discovery Channel said, we want you to be on a show. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I chalked it up as a joke. And so they were putting together a show, and I did some casting for Discovery, and then I guess it just never went anywhere. So then out of the blue, the same gentleman contacted me, in October and said, Hey, um, I'm not casting for this, but CBS is doing this show. You, you need to apply. So he sent me a link and I applied in the next day, the casting team shot me a message saying, can you zoom tomorrow? So mine kind of started, you know, kind of like young and Tara, like it was just nothing I was looking to do. It just kind of happens. If it happens, it happens. If it happens, it's going to happen. So. I didn't even know who Phil Kogan was until I did this. <laughs> <All right>, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> Phil, he's him joking. Off. He's joking, Phil. <laughs> I've heard of Amazing Race, but I even Phil gave me a hard time because I, I, up until Tough as Nails, I have never watched an episode of it because I just don't watch reality TV. But now that's different. I've made up for it, Phil. I've watched some episodes, so I know what's going on. Amazing <laughs> yes, Race is coming back this month. Uh, have, have any of you had a lot of experience with watching shows like this? Any of these competitive reality shows? So this was like totally a new experience for all of you? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, totally a new experience for me. There's only one show I've really watched, um, and that's a weekly show my husband and I watch. So when he's out of state, we don't watch it until we're together. Um, so now Tough as Nails was like, okay, this is the second show that we have to watch. Wait, so what's the uh, show, Tara? Disney's Catch. Oh, just so close to Kelly's heart. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now... Now I'm interested in all what reality TV has, like competition series. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> point, though, because I can imagine. I know that, you know, other reality TV contestants have said, like, when you watch other shows now, you can sort of pick up on, 
you know, now that you've been through it, what sort of how the sausage gets made in a way. And again, I don't know if, if any of you have watched shows after the fact, but I can imagine like you can't turn that part of your brain off, right? Of like, oh yeah, the camera's probably over there. They were doing confessionals over there. Right? <laughs> or how many takes did it take that shot? <laughs> so one of the things that i've been curious about is how much in your day jobs now do people either you know uh give you a hard time or at least mention that the fact that you were on tough as nails does it come up a lot at your regular work now Uh, for me it does just because the the college did a lot of a ton of media during the show and then it came out in all the publications for the university. So, and um, <laughs> like people even tracking down my work email. So fans, <laughs> of the show, I, I think I got like twelve hundred messages. Wow! Um, final. So, it, so the, the college. I definitely get recognized on the university. Where for one, we're a small college anyway. Um, but in, I live in a very small community too. So it. You know, maybe it's a little bit different if I lived in a big city, but being in a small community, it, it definitely it got publicized a lot around here. Anybody else? Uh, you have a lot of uh, tough as nails questions uh, at, at work during the day. <laughs> Everybody at my job asked me about the show. Um, actually, surprisingly, everybody at work is was very supportive of. They gave me a little trash about the first few episodes with the wheelbarrow and everything, but uh, everything else was pretty cool. Um, I've actually had one call where we were on a fire alarm and this couple wouldn't go back into their house. I told them, I was like, you know, you guys can go back in, you know, everything's all right. And the guy looks at me, he's like, hey, man, you're from that show, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's me. So, and then as soon as I said, yeah, he's, you know, his wife took out her phone, started taking a bunch of pictures of me. I'm going, well, we got to ask though, Young, I mean, what was it like the day after your elimination aired, considering the firefighting challenges of, of it all? Oh, it was cool. They, uh, they said I did a good job. They said I represented well. Um, nobody really gave me too much trash. I mean, you had people on... Uh, People that don't know the job that was talking a lot of trash, but I mean, other than that, everyone was actually real supportive. Yeah. I was, I was actually dreading that episode. I'm like, man, <laughs> this episode's gonna air. They're gonna give me a bunch of trash. They're gonna tell me, you know, find another job. <laughs> Everybody was real supportive. That was, that was cool. And they said, you know, at least it was Murph. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Murph, I heard a story recently from somebody who had said that uh, they had a friend who uh, had overcome a fear of heights uh, because that uh, of your, the example that you set during the, the season. Have you heard that from a lot of people? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've I had a so uh, these messages that I've gotten, I. I, it took me like four to five days, but I responded to every single one of them. And some of, and a lot of them would just sort of thank you for your support. But I had this one lady in particular write me because her son has had Down syndrome and he was afraid to do something. And he told her that he wanted to do it because I could do it. And it was like, it made me cry reading it just because. You never know how you might impact somebody, but 
that I've had a few handful of stories like that from parents reaching out to me saying their little kid found the courage to do this because of that, or my kid was facing a bullying situation and they decided that they weren't going to be afraid anymore. Um, you know, I had a young man that reached out to me because he was struggling with some, some issues with life. He was a veteran and he just said that watching us, watching our show week to week gave him hope. And he really pulled him. He felt like the show helped him like live week to week to get by. And now he's actually in counseling, um, doing well from what he tells me. I will say anytime that I'm on the iron, uh, for the first time I went up 14 stories and had to walk the iron. All I kept saying is like, if Murph can do it, I can do it. And I hear each and every one of you win it being like, are you savage? Come on, just do it. So every single time I walk the iron now, I hear all of your voices. Like Lewis saying, come on, Tara, come on. I'm like, yeah, I got it. <laughs> this is a really interesting thing you bring up though, Murph. I mean, one of the uh, benefits of, you know, not only going through this experience for yourselves is like you have millions of people watching you guys go through this and being able to show who you are and sort of what you represent. I mean, did you have any of that in mind when you were out there that like I'm representing this or I'm showing people that, you know, they can believe in themselves or they can, you know, work as hard as they can and get done what they want to. You know, none of that really crossed my mind. My, the only thing I wanted to do was stay true to who I was and then be a good team to my teammates. Mm. I'll be a good team player, be somebody that could support. Um, Cause what you saw on from Murph on the show is, is how I was as a Marine. Um, you know, it, that's why the show reminded me in the military so much is because, you know, we have a group of people that had to get to know each other really well to perform, uh, you know, tasks. And sometimes those tasks were, well, all the time they were under pressure. So, you know, the show kind of reminded me of being back in, in the Marine Corps when it comes to getting to know the team really quick so we can get this mission accomplished. But the after effects of the show has been great when it comes to, you know, like hearing the stories from parents or kids or, you know, a few fellow veterans that have been having some issues. And um, heck, I've had service dogs donated um, to me that I've been able, you know, I just have to find a veteran that needs it to, you know, people donating to the university. They've been out of touch with maybe a veteran organization. They said that they want to get back involved again. I mean, it's been pretty impactful um, since the show's aired. It's amazing. Uh, really incredible. Just uh, the, the response that uh, people have had to uh, watching uh, all of you compete on the show. Do you have any uh, sort of... Uh, Funny stories about some of your uh, like best moments that maybe we didn't get to see on the show. I see like people are giggling already. <laughs> well, we we got in trouble a lot, kind of more than I, dirty hands. Well, we, Young is is covering his mouth. He yeah, he doesn't want to say something. <laughs> We really have to hear this. Like the more you protest, the more <laughs> right? Because they, they're like inside. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, we we definitely, I feel like we had a lot of inside jokes. But there was one moment with Lewis in particular that I wish that they would have aired. The day that, I think it was the morning that we got into the van, the morning of the um, moving challenge, he just had this, like, thing about him. And he's like, you know what, guys? We're going to leave this today. We're going to win it. I wish they would have played that. Because just the tone in Lewis's voice when he said that just gave me goosebumps. And I was like, oh, yes, we're going to do this. Lewis, you called it. Right? How did you know? How did you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I hate saying this I I called it. I called the night before on a right on a right yeah. at home after after my lost to Michelle. I actually said, uh, guys, tomorrow I'm gonna be the captain for the movie challenge. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> they looked back and was like, okay. <laughs> nobody crushed me, nobody said anything, they're like, okay, let's do this. And the next day we just brung it. And from there on, like Murph said, we just we just built like this bond that was, you know, incredible and you know, to put it into words. It was amazing to see how everything unfolded you know compared to how we were at the beginning of the show to how we ended the show it was just amazing let's see how everything unfolded to that magnitude i think one of the funny times um for me was when we were in the band and michelle (laughs) is like this height this really small ball of Tightness all the time, and early in the morning we we're not really talking to, and she was really upset with us <laughs> because we would not get hype enough for her, and she basically chastised us. <laughs> like, we need to be more cheerful. We need to hoop and holler. We need to get better. She was like, "What's wrong with your heart?" She was not happy. We were like, "Wow." <laughs> We're all pretty much like quiet people in the morning, especially on the way to work. We're just kind of just chill, get into our little modes. And yeah, that day she was not too excited with us, but she's like a little mom, you know. <laughs> I mean, and and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to hear young story. stories. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got one. I mean, apparently Lynn gets really hyped when she eats Chipotle burritos at three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Me, that's terrible. Uh, one man eating the burrito. Come on. Okay. Are you savage? I can uh, eat my Chipotle in less than two minutes, but I don't talk to it. <laughs> Wait, when it talks to burritos? I love it. Well, see, we have something where we would say, you know, to hype them up. I'm, Michelle's the hype lady, but I'm the hype lady too. So, you know, to hype them up, we're like, are you savage? And I think, you know, savage. She said, are you savage to a burrito and then you eat it? At three a.m. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, time, I, I, I'm confused now. Is the burrito savage if you do eat it, or is it savage if you do not? <laughs> well, I mean, I couldn't eat it two minutes. <laughs> it was um, definitely a savage time. Anything could be savage at that time. Everything was savage at that time. Murph, Murph's a big joke. So he, uh, we, we went out a couple times, and uh, he tell the waitress to ask Lewis would go to the bathroom. <laughs> And then Murph would ask the waitress, you know, hey, when he comes back, can you ask him, uh, 
is he, is he from GQ magazine? <laughs> and man, his waitress is so good. And oh my god, it was and so good. Like, and like, he did it twice. Twice he did it twice. delivered too, like treats, like like their birthday uh, dessert. He had that for like sexiest man alive. Like, mm-hmm. was great. Was, I don't know. It was and, I think that was a great thing because like having sense of humor actually having sense of humor at a time like that when everybody's competing for for two hundred thousand dollars and the nurses all over the place to have people on your corner that make you laugh and make you feel like and right, that made the experience so much better. Absolutely, man. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have like several restaurants in the world think that you are part of GQ magazine. I think that, yeah. that's, that's some sort of, you know, heft. <laughs> I just wonder if any of them watched the show uh, and figured out. <laughs> we said we don't try to get it answered. <laughs> we had we had some watch parties at the house and all the ladies <laughs> over and they're like, damn. Lewis, yeah, on like my IG story about Lewis, I have at least like all the women like, "Hey, is he single?" I'm like, oh, "Not single." Yeah, the perfect timing to bring a child into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> bring it in bring it in she put me in just gonna take a quick break from talking with the savage crew to thank one of our sponsors here tonight those are our friends over at ritual multivitamins you want to be tough as nails you got to take care of yourself and that starts with a multivitamin that you can trust we deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and that's why rituals founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry ritual left out mystery additives synthetic fillers and shady extras that can be found in some traditional multivitamins and they're committed to showing you their nutrients where it came from and why they chose it they call it traceability ritual vitamins i take the men's multivitamin that it specifically has everything that i need it has a very unique taste uh a almost a minty taste unlike some of these other disgusting multivitamins that i've had in my past it's a very manageable pill size also it's not like one of these horse pills that you get that's uh god knows what's in there ritual multivitamin keeps you healthy very important to making sure your body is getting all of the vitamins and nutrients that you need right now, which is why I love taking Ritual vitamins. For you obsessive label readers out there, Ritual uses vegan certified non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free ingredients and their sources are out there for the whole world to see because they believe you deserve to know what you're putting in your body and why. They're delayed release, no nausea design capsule. I, I hate that. If you take a multivitamin and you didn't eat and you feel sick, uh, which is the opposite of why I'm taking a vitamin in the first place, that it's gentle to take on an empty stomach and the mint 
essence tab in every bottle makes taking your vitamins a minty, fresh experience. And for all you women out there, Ritual's clinical study of Essential for Women showed an increase in vitamin D levels and omega-3 DHA levels in the research that they did. And my wife takes them as well. She takes a ritual for women. Daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash RJP to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months at ritual.com slash RHAP. And uh, let's get back to catching up with the Savage Crew on our special Tough as Nails reunion. I have a question from one of the listeners. Lindy Steiner says, uh, this is so cool for all of them. What individual compliment on the show are you most proud of? Uh, what was the most difficult task you faced either uh, physically or, me- or, ment- uh, or mentally? Mm. So, Lewis, you want to change the subject? What? Uh, how about you? I think the most difficult part for me was that, like after I I broke my finger, like bad, you know, that was like a, a big, you know, point of a big turnaround or big, you no know, change in the show. For me, or just you know, be able to adapt and having to wear a swing and you know, still be there for my team, giving a hundred percent. To me, that was just the biggest turning point. Was, was there any point in time when during that you would have been unable to compete or was it just a matter of, okay, you're, you're going to do this. It's just that you're going to have now this big splint on your finger the entire time. Um, uh, there was a point in time that the decisions told me that I couldn't compete because, you know, the finger kept getting worse as I kept competing. But, you know, uh, if it was up to me, like I would have just competed in all the the you know the competitions. I like I was like I said before, I, I was willing, you know, to give it all there on the line and you know be there for my team as much as I could. How about you, Young? Do you have uh, one uh, individual accomplishment you're the most proud of from the show? Um, uh, not pers- not this. Well, I mean, I'm proud of like every, what like we all did, but uh. Like how Murph was saying off camera and everything, I've had a lot of people actually like message me and talk about like their, you know, a bunch of Asian people. They're saying that their kids actually were really happy to see somebody that looked like them on TV. And when I heard that, I was like, you know, like Murph, I started kind of tearing up too. I'm like, damn, you know, like, I guess, you know, it does make a difference because, you know, like I said, growing up, I didn't have none of that either. Having like a Asian American or any kind of Asian really like on TV to represent me. So when I heard a bunch of people like you know, messaging me, telling me that their kids were looking up to me, I mean that was that was pretty good. How about you, Lynette? Um, I feel like the whole experience was kind of difficult. Everything that I did was. 100%. I was trying to give all that I had at every moment and trying to be able to learn how to um, deal with other people's emotions and be able to deal with minds also uh, and not hold on to uh, things when they're disappointed. Oh my gosh, I guess that's probably one of the biggest challenges were to be able to understand that 
you're going to have challenges, but it doesn't mean that it's going to continue. And if you don't focus on it and just try to continue to uh, fight through it and try to strengthen your weaknesses, then you'll be better. So the whole time, it was a challenge to me. Um, it was definitely lessons learned. Tara? And I have to agree with Lynette. The whole experience was a lot of difficult times for myself because when you're not with your team, you're alone. And, mm. you know, so it's like you're in your own head. Um, but seeing how close that we got and being vulnerable with each other and being honest with each other and learning each and every lesson from everyone helps a lot in my personal life as well, that I've learned so much to take home. Um, but my proudest accomplishment would probably be the, the moving one because to see how far we came together and to see all the pieces come together out of all of us was just amazing to me. Um, you know, and being able to get those emails from people who have either been in the foster care system and hearing what they've done with their lives or um, other women in trades who aspire to be in trades to say, you know, like, what do I do for the first step? Or, you know, the little girls who their dads are iron workers and in their local, they've never had a female iron worker. So for that little girl to be like, hey, I want to be the first iron worker in my dad's local. That's a female, like, those just speaks to my heart. Like that makes everything just so much worth it. Not just the relationships that I've gained with these five people, but to see all of that too, just makes everything so much more worth it. What about for you, Murph? What was the, the hardest part of all this? Well, aside from the, the, the height thing, um, I would say just being away from the, the family, um, mm. You know, because it, it reminded me of, de- of a deployment in a way, um, you know, just not able to communicate with them. And then knowing that Shelby was leaving for boot camp, um, that was almost one reason I just I wasn't going to do the show um, because I knew that she was leaving in July. And that's a whole month I wouldn't see her. But then I asked her, um, what do you think? And she said, absolutely go for it. So, um you know, I didn't need her, her blessing, but it felt really good knowing that she wanted me to go do the show. So probably being away from the family was probably the, you know, the, the overall worst part of, um, I guess, the experience. Mm. So then what was it like when you saw them for that final challenge? I mean, were you expecting that at all? And how did that sort of like, you know, influence, I guess, the way you, you went into that final final challenge? Yeah, so I've been asked that a, quite a few. And it was like emotion, a roller coaster, because you, I thought we were getting ready to go. You know, so your adrenaline's up, you're in the competition mindset. And all of a sudden around the corner, they come and it's like, oh, man. Now I go from adrenaline to, I don't think I, I don't think the tears didn't even take but three to five seconds to start falling as soon as they turned the corner. So um, it went from adrenaline to, you know, very emotional time. And then before you know it, you have to build the adrenaline back up to compete again. So it was definitely a mixed bag of emotions all at once within the first few minutes. Murph, on 
that ch- last challenge in that last day, uh, I have to commend you because uh, that I said that when we did the recap. I think that that was the most I- physically intense challenge I've ever seen on a- any of these shows that we've yeah. talked about. And you know, I've been uh, you know watching these shows for twenty years and and podcasting about them for the last ten. Uh, I can't think of another challenge I've seen that really pushed a person to their limits uh, like that final challenge of Tough as Nails. Yeah, it, it was definitely the hardest thing I've done in a long time. Um, you know, we, we start, you know, by the time you just get those hay bales through the wall and get them stacked, you know, I was getting pretty tired, but by far the worst part was the, getting that chain off the ladder. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't even know how much in real time that actually took, but it seemed like that took the longest. It felt like an eternity because the more you drug, the longer it got, the heavier it got. And then it's twisted and turning. So not only you're tired, but you're having to use your mind to think um, which direction is it going. And then, well, I know that, you know, Lynette and Young had experience because they had to unwrap stuff with the chain. Um, so I was thinking about them a little bit when I was unwrapping it, like, gosh, dang, they had to do it multiple times with all those tools on the real car challenge. And it, it was definitely the hardest part of the challenge for me was just getting that chain unwrapped. Were you like listening to Phil's commentary throughout? Cause I can imagine, and like between hearing, oh, Danny, you know, is out far ahead, but then also hearing like, oh, Danny's struggling sometimes. I didn't know if you just sort of like had the blinders on and didn't even think about how what Danny was doing ahead of you. Well, I joke with Young said it best. He said, it, just ignore Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil will get in your head because you'll be listening to Phil and you'll be starting to stress out. So I really focused on on Savage Truth voices. And then um, I focused on Shelby and Michelle's voices. And then to be honest, when I think when I started cutting my second piece of wood, I didn't hear anything until I was at the very top of um, that last container. Um, I just zoned out um, on the second piece of wood and I just focused on what I was doing, focused on switching hands, breathing, and then like I don't remember hearing anybody's voices for until I was up on that container. Um, Phil asked me about that, and I just said, "I I don't I don't I just got so focused that that's all I was because I could see Danny on that kind of corner of my eye, and I saw that I was kind of catching up. So I you know it was definitely mentally time to bear down and and you know focus everything out. Uh, on the subject of just how uh, physically difficult it was, was that something that you were expecting for uh, these tasks to just be so physically grueling from, uh, w- you know, one task to the next? Because I have to imagine that probably you are not recovered from uh, like how tired you are from one challenge before you go into the next one. I think it, I think as a as a whole, we. You know, we all out, went, went out there knowing that what we were going to be doing was very hard. Um, so I think mentally all of us had the grit to to overcome that. Um, you know, everybody in their daily jobs, they, I, I can guarantee that I bet Lynette and Tara do more physically demanding stuff on a daily basis than what we, and a lot of the stuff that we did on the challenges. I mean, some of the challenges only lasted a couple minutes. You know, these ladies are out lifting heavy steel all day long. So 
I mean, I know that they're mentally and physically prepared for that kind of stuff. For the rest of you, what was it like to meet Merv's family and Danny and Miles's family as well? Because, I mean, you talk about the family so much with the Savage crew, but like this is your show family meeting the real family. Uh, and I can imagine that's like an entirely new step in your relationship with them and as a team. I thought it was great meeting their their wives and, you know, Danny's dad and Miles' son, like just to see what they're there for and their passion and just the drive in their eyes as soon as they see them too. Um, I personally, like I keep telling my husband, if him and one of our kids walked out, I would have just been done. Like, okay, I like, I don't know what to do now. Just everyone's here, you know, like just melted you right there. Um, but at the same time, I could only imagine how much more motivating it was as well. I know she's not with us uh, right now. Uh, does anybody have any good Michelle stories? <laughs> we, oh, <okay>. So everybody, <laughs> well, we have nicknames kind of for all of us a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Michelle's nickname is Little Whiplash. Because <laughs> all of us at beginning, you know, we took turns driving at first. A lot of us, you know, drove, and then one day Michelle's like, "I'll drive." I'm like, all right. <laughs> so we're in the parking lot of the of the extended stay, and uh, we're getting ready to roll out of the spot, and then a car. I went to the parking lot a bit too fast and she didn't see it and slammed on the brakes and uh, so we hadn't speak. even left the parking spot yet either <laughs> this is like second two of her being behind the wheel and she gives you whiplash yeah, yeah. yeah so a little whiplash <laughs> so just right there Murph you said alright I'll, I'll drive I got this mm-hmm. yeah I, I think we, well, I, I don't know how it's right. yeah. But yeah she Michelle's a good lady, that's for sure. Yeah. She, uh, <laughs> um, I guess the, the, another thing about her is that we, we, Phil started joking with her about it because every time we're <laughs> ready to do something, Michelle's like, Oh, I have an uncle that did this. Phil <laughs> does this. So she literally okay. in the family that has done almost every challenge. That was the best part about Michelle being there, too, is hearing all of her stories of her family members. Like, now I feel like I know her entire family, too. So when we finally get to meet each other and be like, oh my God, yeah, that's Uncle Bill. You know? <laughs> yeah, we got ready to cut up the car. Um, and then she's like, well, my son runs like an automotive thing. And I'm like, Michelle, like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know something about every challenge that there is. Like literally, she she is a well versed lady. I mean, she's done so much. And then watching some of her Instagram stuff, you know, she's like tearing up chairs and re- redoing them, resurfacing them, and repurposing them. I mean, she, I don't think she's ever going to stop. Yeah, she said she, her husband had to buy her a power drill. Right, yeah. Lynn and I always say she's who we want to be when we grow up. So exactly, definitely Michelle. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking speaking of the van, uh, so what was it that when did you guys like settle upon? Was it just after that Michelle situation? You were just like, all right, only a couple of us are going to drive the van because I could imagine that's a bit of like an awkward tango at first, right? Of like, okay, I guess we're driving ourselves to these things. I guess we can. We don't know each other, but I guess we can take turns behind the wheel. Nope, At nobody first? really wants to drive. Murphy asked yeah. me, and we were happy with it. 
at first everyone just kind of piled in and kind of just picked a spot and we were just creatures of habit after that. And so it was like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Like you're driving. Um, and then him and Lewis went back and forth, but pretty much we're all creatures of habit. Like they had to ask us to sit in different spots at first too. Like, Oh, you guys like, why do you always go to the same spot? Like, uh, that's where we feel comfortable. That's where we first sat. I don't know. You know, <laughs> But Murph, you were such the dad with, you know, you'd be driving the van and there'd be arguments happening uh, back there. I'm surprised you didn't pull out. I will turn this van around. We're going oh back to the sand factory. Yeah. <laughs> we don't yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, we had some conversations in the van, though. There's a few times we got in trouble, though, you know, because uh, the producers kind of say, hey, uh, we want you guys to talk in the van and one day we were not in a talking mood <laughs> we pulled up on set and I know uh, Matt is like guys you need to give us something <laughs> like okay alright we've been talked to we'll do better tomorrow so mm-hmm. you know because I was surprised that there was no um poop conversations that was aired because young had quite a few stories <laughs> they're very interesting stories but i'm like dang none of them were on there <laughs> yes the double socks <laughs> yeah okay but no i was kind of surprised the double socks was double, there, fox? Too, double, double socks no tara take it away <laughs> so, as an iron worker i always wear two pairs of socks because you never know if you're not going to have toilet paper. So, I mean, our Porter Johns aren't always the, the nicest. They're not always stocked up. So you always wear two pairs of socks in case you need toilet paper. You have a pair of socks. So, yeah. I don't know. Wait, what? It's, I know. What does that have to do with Young? <laughs> Young has a lot of stories, too, that have to do with... With double sock, <laughs> using sock for that? No, no he doesn't wear double socks. Some of his calls no. are <laughs> He just shared some stories about his line of work and pulling up to a location and um, some of the, for lack of a better word, patients um, had some issues with their bowels and he just happened to be the man on call. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, real quick. Speaking of my words, one of y'all have need to change your battery in your smoke detector because I just that's all I hear right now. <laughs> Who is it? One of y'all have one of y'all need to battery in your smoke detector. Yes. This is very important from the man himself. Like, oh, please make sure I hear, like as we're talking, I'll, I like Murph's here and there. Work. I hear that chirp going off, and I'm going, man, someone needs to change the thing. And by the way, daylight savings has come up, so. Change your batteries during daylight savings. <laughs> <laughs> or in some cases, don't wait that long. <laughs> Young plug going on. Right? <laughs> I think we need a PSA in the middle, right? For, for fire safety tips in the middle. Of the <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not mine because I'm outside. So, you know, that story that that you brought up about, uh, you know, being approached about maybe being a bit mum. Did any of you guys like talk about comfort being in front of the camera? Because again, like a lot of you were talking about how this sort of just ended up being an opportunity to present itself. Like, was there a certain point that you guys felt that the camera just became so natural to you that you felt like you could talk to it? It took a while. It was very awkward at first. 
And like, especially during like challenges too, to not notice them there. Um, it's, I mean, it took a while for me. Um, but in the van, I hardly noticed them after a while, but yeah. It was just, I don't know. Talking to us weird, mm-hmm. especially during our, our interviews. Like, I don't know, not talking to a person, but talking to a camera. It was interesting. Yeah, I would say the first, I think the very first challenge, cause we met some people from the crew, um, but then when we walked on set for the very first challenge, you walk around the corner and you're like, oh, damn, they're like cameras and there are hundreds of people out here. Like, I had no idea how much it took to film something. So the first day was a little overwhelming just because, I mean, you you literally saw everything all at once within a few seconds. And then Phil's talking to you at the very beginning of the show. And, you know, we're sitting on the tailgates of the trucks or on the concrete and you're trying to focus on Phil at the same time. My eyes are scanning all these people, all these cameras. Um, and it got easier as each challenge went because then you kind of maybe phased them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking to the camera definitely took a little while to get used to. Um, and then the producers, though, that walked you through the interviews made it really comfortable. Uh, they got to know you and you kind of got to know them. So it kind of turned into like a casual conversation. It was really weird at first to everyone knowing our names. So you don't have to like introduce yourself and you're like, Oh, like, I don't know. Everyone on set knows who we are and we don't know their names yet. So it's like, Oh, Hey, I'm Tara. And they're like, Oh, we know you. Oh, okay. I don't know. That was weird for me too. Like, (laughs) Did anybody in your family uh, give you any sort of like pushback when you said that this was something that you wanted to do where anybody's like, are you sure this is a good idea? What, or what is this now? Nah, everybody Nobody was in- pretty much supportive of whatever I wanted to do. Nobody in my family knew except my husband and my, my mom. Cause my mom lives with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, they're both very supportive, but other than that, nobody else knew until afterwards. Linnett, I have a question for you from one of our listeners. Susie Ann says, uh, how do I get Linnett to tell me inspirational things when I'm feeling overwhelmed? Um, <laughs> uh, well, I have a podcast just like you guys. You where I'm podcast to get yes, I do. It's called uh, L. Keith uh, Fits Let's Talk. So yeah, I do have is, a podcast. Is, I'm trying to... What's it called? Uh, L key fix. Uh, let's talk. L so fix. Let's talk. Right. It's it's on anchor. Okay. But I've just started. Um, I do want to be able to be um more motivational for people. So I just started my my YouTube page. So it's in the making. Okay. But so is this, is this for people or for burritos only? I just want to make sure. <laughs> you know what? Just for you, I'm gonna make a burrito. Yes. <laughs> yes. A, a two minute burrito, and all the background, I'm the girl. Are you seven? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's incredible. <laughs> um, Nick Fishman wants to know: Did you guys all get to keep your Savage Crew outfits? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Yep. Yes. So here on the show, you know, the bag, the mm-hmm. the helmet, I, um, we all were able to bring all that stuff home. 
What about what about the you know the thing that I mentioned in the beginning? The fact those those outfits that you wore for the individual competitions, like was that obviously that had to deal with your work, but was that given to you by wardrobe? Did they ask you at all? You know what you would wear, and and then be able to give that to you after the fact. That was our work clothes. Oh yeah. Oh, go ahead, Lennon. Our work clothes were uh, our individual uh, work clothes from our job, so we brought mm. those with us. That's that's not props or anything. Like my welding uniform, that was my welding mm-hmm. uniform mm-hmm. from my job. So my outfit too was what I wear every day at work. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Jess had a question during the season about this. Of uh, was it? Did you have one outfit and then they washed it every day, or do you have multiple versions of the same outfit? At first, we were told to have multiple versions of the same outfit, um, but then, you know, because your outfit's never the same, you don't have the same wear and tear in them. Um, we just wore the same same clothes and had to wash them in between films. Oh, so you washed them yourselves? Yes, but yeah. we washed them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess that was the other question, or maybe you just never washed them. But <laughs> was that a bonus wash, challenge? Yeah. Wash your work uniforms <laughs> <laughs> in your hotel room. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, is there anything else that uh, any of you want to share about your experience? I do. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. You yeah, bottle. But um, this experience, one thing I did come into this, uh, you know. First off, I didn't even know that there was money and that, that wasn't even I just wanted to be able to, you know, maybe put out there about women being welders and it was just gonna be a great opportunity. I did not expect to have to meet people that were gonna change my view of the world or how strangers can approach you. You know, sometimes you feel like it might be you against the world, especially with my background. Like it was, it was life altering for me, you know, regardless of money or monetary prize or any of those things. Mm-hmm. The experience that I had with these people that I love is something that's irreplaceable and I wouldn't change it for the world. And also, uh, so at the end of the finale, I know that Phil did a little bit of like, where are they now? And Lynette, I know that Phil said you started your own welding business to, to help support yeah. your family. Do you want to, you want to give an update on that? Um, uh, it's called Wonder Welding. Um, I already have two welding machines. Uh, I have my LLC. It's an actual business I'm doing, and uh, I actually have some connections with uh, Career Source. We're trying to uh, get some things moving where I can try to educate people to the masses and be able to help minorities or groups that might not be able to get into those fields easy, or give them an opportunity to have hands on before they even get into it. So, know what you want to do until you get an opportunity so we move straight forward what's the name of your business one more time wonder welding wonder welding good i like it i'm so interested by the other sort of where are they now as well because i know young uh they said that you were you were working with asian american tradespeople, given you know your own background what what does that work involve oh man i mean it's kind of hard right now because I'm trying to get people involved, but with like schools being closed and everything, it's kind of hard to try to find like a obviously a public place to talk to kids and everything. So I mean, right now that's kind of a kind of on a hold right now because, like I said, it's it's hard trying to find a public place where a bunch of kids are gathered and talking. But 
working on it. Um, but the only other thing I got really is uh, I became an instructor for the next recruit class of, uh, of the fire department I work at. So kind of like changing, I don't want to say change your minds, but uh, kind of getting them in that mindset of not even the fire side, but more of the mental thing. And that's a big thing about this show too, because there's a lot of mental you know, uh, toughness you had to go through. And, uh, and I'm trying to make sure this class that I'm, I'm helping you know, teach, they get that mental in them because, I mean, we can do the job all day, but nobody ever works on their mental health. So hopefully I can kind of like bring that up to them and get the mental strength. And I know that Tara, uh, I know they said that you gave a lot of your winnings uh, to supporting apprentices in your union. Was that like always a no brainer for you? What what did that involve? So going into it, that's what my husband and I agreed on that because our union helped us out so much that we wanted to give back to them. Um, Right now, it's financially supporting uh, new people who are joining the apprenticeship or the pre-apprenticeship. Um, we do get a lot of people who we recruit right out of prison who show up for their hell day and they don't even have work boots. So being able to buy them their first pair of work boots or pay their membership fee just to get them in the door and show them, hey, I believe in you. So let's believe in yourself and, you know, help you get into the trade. Um as well as we do get a lot of, of single dads coming in too that have full custody of their kids and they can't necessarily afford to take the whole week off or the whole month off and not get paid to do their apprenticeship or their pre-apprenticeship. So being able just to simply give them a gas card to get to and from the hall, um, that, you know, my husband and I just felt like that was a great opportunity to give back to our community, but also to give back to our local at the same. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really great. And not to be off topic, guys, but I just found a ladybug that doesn't have any spots. Whoa, is that her and the ladybug? That's our thing. That's our thing. (laughs) (laughs) The day of the final. Yes. um, The day of our final, we found a ladybug Mm -hmm. that doesn't have any spots. and, Mm. And that brings good luck. And I haven't seen one since. Um, and I just one just flew onto my table here. So I was is all that, excited. Is that the mascot of Saturn crew? Is the ladybug with no spots? I guess so. Oh, <laughs> and the hawk. Yeah, and the hawk. I, I, have, I have a surprise also that we have. Also. <laughs> Michelle, how are you? I'm I'm flustered because I've been grading papers since 6 p.m. <laughs> what kind of papers do you grade? Your teacher also? I'm a eighth grade science teacher. Oh. One of many talents. Seriously. Well, if there was ever a job that made you tough as nails, I would say teaching eighth grade science has got to be way up there. Oh, for, sure, for sure. Now, I, I will tell you, seventh is the worst. I've taught seventh. I've taught... I taught early childhood through eighth grade technology at a private school and i taught mostly high school and then i've i've jumped in the ring with seventh and eighth grade science and i'll tell you seventh it's it's uh hormones and tennis shoes Hmm. (laughs) you haven't taught driver's ed though right uh, no, no. Yeah, I mean, we heard we heard all about little whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear the story about 
stories I've missed. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, can you give us the update uh, real quick of uh, how are you doing besides grading well, papers? Well, um, it, it, it's been really strange because e- even when I got my phone back out in out in California in January, the first thing I looked at was was this teaching position available? And then I saw the email that I lost my insurance at the airport. So it was like incentive to, you know, go back to teaching. I did five years at the airport. My anniversary just clicked through, but it doesn't mean anything. There's no hours to get. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no airport hours. Um, so a, a lot of people, I mean, I could work. Um, but for that pay versus my teacher salary, I'm definitely teaching, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like going crazy. I work in a, I worked in an empty classroom for four weeks. Um, students came back, um, this past week and they're half there, half at home. And I have three computers in front of me trying to understand technology in this old brain. So um, it's been a it's been a riot. Um, I wish I could say my husband's feeling better, but it's really been a bad day for him today. And um, we're just we're going day by day. So. I mean, I'm I'm up and down as usual. That roller coaster ride from for Michelle. Well, so Michelle, we heard a lot of everyone else's origin stories as to how they got involved with the show. How did you get involved with Tough as Nails? Did you seek it out? Did you go to the open call? Did did someone refer you to it? It it was an open call. It was a funny situation. Um, I've I've watched Survivor and Amazing Race for years. So I was the one telling them, guys, you don't know how they do these some of these reality things. You got to watch out for this and this and this. And they kept, you know, that's Michelle. Shut up occasionally, you know. So um, but I did I did um, go to an open audition in Cincinnati and and actually saw Melissa there. And I walked Mm -hmm. up to her and I said, you need to be on this show. I mean, she was just very lively, even at the audition. So, okay. uh, so, so Michelle, your experience is very different from the rest of your team because nobody else here had had any had any experience watching any of these shows. So now I really want to know what was different about this show when you watched it back. Um, you mean to be sitting on the couch and watching or yeah, to be sitting on the couch watching yourself or having gone through the whole process? Um, have you learned some things that you didn't previously know about reality TV? Well, I, I do remember asking the sound editor and like one day we were we're up on the roof and we're we're we're, we're filming a segment, um, uh, you know, a question and answer segment. And um, we had to stop for the for the airplanes going over and I'm saying just how much video are you getting? Because I've, I've known about the segments I've known, you know, I knew every one of us was filming. I knew that there were cameras everywhere. I remember seeing like a hundred people watching the one day I looked out and I saw, I tried to count how many people were on the set. I mean, it's a it's a amazing feat. I don't know how Phil does it internationally. That blows my mind. Um, but but um, so so 
I said to the sound guy, I says, well, so how much are you filming? I says, what's what's what can you compare it to? And he says, take a dump truck full of Lego brick blocks and build a birdhouse. <laughs> so, so that just so much footage that they have to, available to screen. And, you know, those guys would tell you, you know, like, um, I hope they didn't catch me saying that about so and so, you know, because we all had moments. We all had our moments where, you know, we'd reached our limits. So. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, there's obviously been a lot of, of praise, uh, even in your absence, Michelle. We saw a lot of stuff even on screen with like you talking with Melissa and Linda. Was there a lot of like camaraderie amongst the women considering the roles that you all play in your trades and, and you sort of serving as an inspiration of like what you can do, uh, you know, no matter what your size, or your gender, et cetera? And age. <laughs> um, I, I just think... I just was so impressed. You know, what impressed me about the whole group is we all were so proud of everybody. Number one, we knew what it took to get there. And and that was that was a feat in itself. But but just I I mean, we bonded when we could push the women. Obviously, you saw that. Um, And and like when they all came to me, when I when I rang that I called it my school bell when I rang that bell and and the the I just said women we can do this I'm so proud of Lynette and Tara because they are are showing that you can be in a different trade I'm in a trade that's probably 80 90 percent women if you go with teaching airport is really crazy because there's still 70 percent women and and that's not a good thing because women are up above and men are down below on the ramp predominantly and and it's still a stereotypical environment but but um yeah we we all i i ask any one of them they'll tell you we rooted for each other in, t- in individual competitions because you wanted everybody to do their best. And that's, that's diff- that is definitely different than other reality shows. I, yeah, I mean, that's what the three of us definitely talked about that. And I think everyone talks about that. Even Phil himself, that that was by far the biggest difference is, you know, the team competition versus the individual competition. Did you all have any difference from like a mental perspective going from individual to team, knowing that like, okay, I have one big competition to work towards, but now all these other people are still in it competing for the prize. You guys? No, I mean, my thing is um, we basically made a pact within our words to each other that we were going to fight for each other through all the challenges. So when we were a group, we were fighting as a group. And when we were individuals, we were still yelling and rooting each other on it. So it was us out there doing it. We, Like she said, we all know how hard it was to get there. And we all know how hard we are working. And, you know, we're doing things that we don't normally do. We were doing things that it's not like we had a clue that we're going to do it beforehand. It wasn't a second, third draft of it or a take of it. It was the first time we're going through it. So we know that we're all doing our damnedest to 
to win and not just because we want money or it's because you know we want to be able to sac- we're sacrificing our pain and energy to be able to show people that Asians got uh, can, can do anything just like Lewis who wants to show his children Merck wants to make sure that people know that veterans gonna come hard regardless Michelle wants to let people know that the little, little engine you better watch out and hear her roar and Terry <laughs> wants to say back up and let me show you what I can do you know so we all saw what we were there for it you, we had no choice but to to see ourselves in each other. I mean, you, it's a feeling that came over us. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Uh, it was so nice to have the whole Savage crew back together. Uh, Michelle, is, is there anything else you want to say to the Savage crew? Oh, I miss them. I, I mean, we we just would have loved to have had a reunion weekend with, you know, and that's I did see that with the other shows. Once COVID hit, they couldn't get that last reunion. And I didn't. I was like so sad about that. Maybe maybe next year at the finale, you know, maybe we can hope things are better. And maybe Phil will say, we'd like to surprise you all and then bring all of us back. <laughs> That's actually, uh, it's an interesting question, though, because obviously, luckily, Tough as Nails has been renewed and, you know, they're working on season two. For anyone who might be listening to this that might want to apply, do any of the six of you have advice as to either, you know, how to approach being on the show or just how to like mentally and physically prepare yourself for being on the show? Burpees. Burpees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring extra socks. Um, I've had a yeah, definitely extra socks. I've had a lot of people ask like, "How do you find the courage to even apply?" I'm like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, so just just do it. You never know what can happen. Because when I applied too, I didn't think any of this would come of it, or that I would be part of this amazing family. Um, so I mean, you're never gonna know unless you try. You know. So. Yeah, and and there was a there's a group of women that I've followed. Um, I think it, I think that the, the um, group is Crew Collaborative, and they're they're women in construction. And I've tried to say, find somebody and push to get your message across. You know, and 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 Phil was wonderful with. <laughs> You know, what do you want to say? You have a voice right now. Go for it. And 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 I loved the editing. I, I just loved what came across on the set. I haven't seen anyone. I've not bumped into a single person that hasn't said it was such a great family show and the benefits to um, to support the people behind the scenes you know we're 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 not we're not i don't think any of us is that outspoken where we are but but you know you know we have a voice and we're moving forward i was really happy the the i got to talk to the cross-country team and, and at the school at the middle school and it was look kids you can do anything just you know personal best that's one thing about cross country running it's personal best and and i said do your best you know so it's it's just a wonderful wonderful opportunity i'm i'm forever grateful 
I hate to cut in, but Tara, that Team Murph Oh, man. Team Murph. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that's daughter. Love it. I see <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to wear either. <laughs> Let me uh, give everybody the opportunity to, uh, you know, plug anything else uh, that that they're doing. Michelle, where where can people keep up with you? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm not that good with the internet. You know, I I I stare at computers all What's day. Computers. So- I know, I know, but that's that's eight hours a day. So I come home and and grade papers, and I don't want to do Instagram. Uh, you might see we had three trees taken down, and I got out there and worked with my own crew today because you know I couldn't could not pick up a chainsaw. So um, I I just um, I am on Instagram, and I just I guess I need to say more. Okay. Michelle, we're going to call you up to talk about The Amazing Race in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Who am I going to go with? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, be, you have a savage crew in front of you. Pick whoever you want. Uh, you, they, they're, they're, all, they're all chicken for that one. <laughs> <laughs> None of you would go on Amazing Race with Michelle? Sure. Put me on your back, Michelle. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and Lynette would be great. <laughs> Just make sure that Lynn is the one that's driving. <laughs> right? She's the muscle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 very anxious to see that and and I feel for those people who waited so long to see themselves and 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 to hear that story. I know how many fans were waiting and they're going, "Wait a minute, tough as nails. We want amazing race." And we're going, "Give us a chance. Give us a chance." <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, Michelle, you really have your finger on the pulse on the uh, reality TV. <laughs> show. A little too much. Yeah. Too much. Okay. Uh, Tara, where can people keep up with what you're doing? Um, I am on Instagram, that one bat mom, um, or Facebook. I'm under the name of Tara Wayne. Okay. Yeah. Can you give that Instagram one more time? That one bat mom. That one bat mom. Yes. Okay. B-A-T. I'm obsessed with Batman. I have a weird obsession with Batman. Wayne. Hence the Tara Wayne. Yeah, I I really <laughs> wish I was married to Bruce Wayne, but yeah. <laughs> you could be like Tara. Don't be so hard on yourself, please. Batman. You're a great mom. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and then. Lynnit, how about uh, people want to keep up with you? Okay, um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at L Key Fit L K E Y F I T. Podcast is on Anchor L Key Fit. Let's talk. Okay. I also have YouTube. It's L Key Fit also. So, or just Google Lynnit Key. All right. Uh, do you have a co-host for the podcast, or is it just yourself? It's myself, but my last um, episode, I had my friend. Her name is Miss Twenty Twenty. Her name is Tashabi. So yes, I actually do have Miss people come on there. Yes, has she considered she rebranding? A lot, of yeah, maybe like a different year. <laughs> That's what she put out there. I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you? What did you? When did she put that out? January first that she was Miss Twenty Twenty. <laughs> I don't know, but she is. She's awesome, though. She, she's uh, outgoing, so. 
Okay, Lewis. I'll tell you guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, I'm Lewis P. Yui. Okay. All right. Yeah, so you don't have to go to anybody else's you guys Instagram. Hear me? Yeah, you don't have to go to GQ or anything to check you out. How about you, Young? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. My Twitter is uh, Boomer3Stacks, and my Instagram is Boomer.3000. Okay. Now, that, can you say that one more time? And bo- Boomer? Boomer, the number, the number three, and Stacks for... Uh, Twitter. Okay, Boomer Three Stacks. Sometimes people call me a Boomer, Young. Uh, well, boomer, boomer was Boomer's not the age or anything. Boomer was uh, my first song that I ever had. So. Oh, okay. And uh, my Instagram is Boomer dot three thousand. So the numeral three thousand. Got it. Got it. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, Young, and of course, Murph. Uh, where can people keep up with you? Um, my Instagram and Twitter are the same, kwmurf72, but I'm mostly on Instagram. Twitter is, I still haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> kwmurf72? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and uh, anyway, visitor as well. Uh, Mike, Mike do you have anything else? To- no, I mean, this was awesome. I mean, it's awesome to, these are people that we've seen on our screens and we fell in love with this cast and Savage Crew in particular. The the true bad news bears, the underdog story that everyone had and, and culminating with a big win at the end. You all, I just want to thank you all for the entertainment you were able to provide over, you know, 10 episodes and beyond. It's It's been awesome. And to also pass it on to your family, as Lewis has literally done in passing his daughter in front of the camera. Right? <laughs> wait, wait a minute. We all have to do the Brady Bunch thing. Look up. Look over. Look down. Right? <laughs> Does that make young Alice? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I just wanted to echo uh, what Mike said. I really... I can't believe we got the entire Savage crew together. Like, this is a very. Yeah, it it really is. (laughs) And I I really. One thing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Are you Savage? Yeah, are you talking to us? Or oh, or you? <laughs> She's our cheerleader. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. This was so much fun. I'm sure the listeners appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, listening. And uh, I know um, uh, Mike, Jess, and I are going to all uh, reunite ourselves and talk about the amazing race. Have a draft coming up uh, very soon so be on the lookout for that and much more on robhasawebsite.com take care everybody have a good one bye bye, bye. thank you for having us <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was so much fun <laughs>